0: there are some people who will say, find your weaknesses and strengthen them. But more and more I'm hearing if you're, if it's like a pain point, if it's a push point, if you're not good at it, it's not what you're meant to do. Find that thing you are meant to do. What made you, what made you like find your pain point and say, I'm not good at chocolate, but I'm going to go this way. When most people would say, this is not something I'm good at. This is not my strength, my forte. I'm going to go do something else.
1: Yeah. Um, honestly, I think that kind of goes back to flight school too, because I, I had trouble in flight school. Um, I was always better at the, the physical events, um, like the physical side of the Marine Corps, the PFT and CFT, um, things like that, uh, flight school. So there are guys that, you know, manipulate the aircraft, like it's an extension of their body. They're just naturally good at flying. And that wasn't me. So I, I struggled f- through flight school, but made it. Um and then when I made it into pastry school, um everything was easy except chocolate. But I really liked chocolate because uh I guess I, I classify it as the most special food on the planet. This is episode number 126
2: with Brandon Bush. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the American Sippets podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We always appreciate your support. And you know, we've met a lot of amazing people through our work. And we love hearing from you how you are impacted by our guests. So we are really excited to share one guest with you this week who not only has valuable insight on business, but serves our country and has become one of our strongest supporters here at American Snippets. Brandon Bush is back for an encore interview to share the business and leadership lessons he's implemented in his, in his company, Lift Chocolate, since COVID-19 hit. And using the same mindset he applied to his active duty Marine Corps service, as well as his current reserve service, Brandon doubled down on his company to bring it through the year that crushed so many other small businesses. In this episode, Brandon shares those lessons with us and offers his advice for anyone struggling to start or grow their own business. He also offers facts on the history of chocolate that we never knew. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Chocolatier, Brandon Bush. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast.
0: Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen. Love, love, love that I get to sit down today with someone who is not only awesome in his own right, but has also been a steadfast supporter of ours and our platform and what we do. Brandon Bush, we're so happy to have you back today.
1: Hi, Barb. Thanks for having me back.
0: Yeah. So let's get through it in case people missed the first time we had you on. Let's get through a little bit of your background, your story you have such a fun company now, Lift Chocolates, which I'm going to tell you. Right, you guys may have heard us talk about Lift Chocolates, bopping around our platforms. What we do, I always mention it on my Instagram page because I freaking love it, and my kids, Brandon, are they're hooked as well. They love it. They love your bars, you know, in particular. Um, but Lift Chocolates, if you don't, if you're a chocolate lover, you got to check out his his company. His products are just freaking the bomb. Why, why go with a Hershey chocolate bar? Like you're going to get calories for nothing, you know, like go, go lift, man, go lift all the way. So, but he's got a, he's got a chocolate company, obviously out there in Colorado. He started his, uh, his path, a, a roundabout way through the Marine Corps. Brandon, let's get into all of that.
1: Okay. Um, so I was on active duty in the Marine Corps from 2004 through 2013. Uh, I was, a uh, helicopter pilot and I flew CH 53s, which the, the specialty is external lift. So you hang the hook from the bottom of the aircraft and then you carry a, a big heavy load externally. Um, whenever we were in country, we never carry a, a load that way. Cause it was too dangerous. Um, you're not maneuverable enough. So we would always car- carry our loads internally. Um, but yeah, so the, the name of lift chocolate comes from my background as a helicopter pilot in the heavy lift community. Um, Like I said, I got off of active duty in 2013. Uh, I went to pastry school. So I went to Johnson and Wales in Denver um, and had, I I felt like most of it was pretty easy, but I was, I was really bad at chocolate and uh, kind of developed a little bit of an obsession. um, Kind of a, why can't I do this sort of thing? So I, I focused on it, eventually got better on it. Or better at it. And um here we are now. So I, I'm still a reservist in the Marines. I, I now uh, work for um Sixth Anglico up at Joint Base Lewis McCord. And I, I love that job too. So we still deal with aviation, but we do we deal with um air fires, surface fires, and naval gun fires.
0: You know, you just said something in that story too, that sort of goes against what a lot of people teach. And and I'm gonna say to some point. I've done the opposite as well. You talk about how like here you are this amazing chocolatier now and you have this thriving business and you're really doing cool innovative things, but I heard you say that you weren't good at chocolate and most people, you know, when you, when you're talking to, you, you're learning, you're studying, there are some people who will say find your weaknesses, and strengthen them. But more and more I'm hearing if you're, if it's like a pain point, if it's a push point, if you're not good at it, it's not what you're meant to do. Find that thing you are meant to do. What made you, what made you like find your pain point and say, I'm not good at chocolate, but I'm I'm gonna go this way. When most people would say, this is not something I'm good at. This is not my strength, my forte. I'm gonna go do something else.
1: Yeah. um Honestly, I think that kind of goes back to flight school too, because I I had trouble in flight school. Um, I was always better at the, the physical events, um, like the physical side of the Marine Corps, the PFT and CFT, um, things like that, uh, flight school. So there are guys that, you know, manipulate the aircraft, like it's an extension of their body. They're just naturally good at flying. And that wasn't me. So I, I struggled f- through flight school, but made it. Um, and then when I made it into pastry school, um, everything was easy except chocolate, but I really liked chocolate because, uh, I guess I, I classify it as the most special food on the planet. Um, you know, whenever you see someone take a bite, like they light up, uh, they have a, a real reaction to it. Plus it has such a cool history, um, going back to the Olmecs and the Mayas and the Aztecs. Um. And how, you know, for thousands of years, it was um, only something that people drank. And then, you know, the last couple hundred years, it turned into a, a solid or a bar form. So I I've, I just love chocolate and really wanted to get better at it.
0: So you're just sort of like a swim upstream guy by nature, <laughs> like, you, like against uh, the tide.
1: My wife accuses me of that. She says, why do we always have to do things the hardest why do we always have to do things the hardest way possible? And I, I don't know, I guess I would get bored if I,
0: it's, if it was easy, it would be boring, I guess. All right. Yeah. So just because you mentioned something else interesting there, let's go somewhere that we've never gone before and let's get a little bit of history on chocolate. Cause I think that's kind of, that's kind of cool. When did it for give it, give us like the, the summation historical evolution of chocolate.
1: So um, the short version is that the the Olmecs, who were uh, predecessors to the Mayans and the Aztecs, um, y- would cultivate it and harvest it for drinks. So the first the the first real chocolate was kind of a a watered down frothy version of a drink that um, had chili, cinnamon, maybe some vanilla, and they would pour it back and forth from container to container to build a froth. Kind of like if you think of cappuccino today, that froth that forms on the top, they would do that with, with their chocolate beans. Um, it was used as currency in the Mayan and Aztec cultures, or at least the beans, um, Montezuma, the, the famous, um, Aztec King, um, he, held chocolate for his warrior class and would only serve it to them, or at least the, the best chocolate beans, he would make drinks for his warriors. Um, and he was said to have uh, to drink it every day. Um, the Spanish came along and, um, noticed what a, a big deal it was and took it back to Europe. And then, um, the Dutch alkalized it and made, um, some changes and, um, it, it eventually it, you know, evolved to where it is today, where we take it in bar form or in solid form, like chocolate, the chocolate Easter bunny, Santa Claus. Um, But that that happened over years and years and years. So
0: that's kind of cool. So there are some people and my kids will come up every now and then and say, you know, dark chocolate is like they have all these reasons that dark chocolate should not be used anymore. It's ecologically destroying environments to harvest it and it's doing bad things to people. Do you know anything about that? Like what what is the what is the truth behind every dark chocolate bar or candy that we eat?
1: So um, I think if you if you deal with non-reputable suppliers, um, that's a bad thing. Um, everybody we deal with is ethical. So um, whenever I'm trying to get my product into a new store, one of the natural questions is, does your chocolate employ uh, child labor or forced labor or anything like that? And no. Um, the farmers grow it ethically. Um, and th- there's no, there's no moral issues with, with chocolate as far as I can tell, or at least think, most of it today.
0: Yeah. And I think that's true for a lot of industries or products, you know, there's ethical suppliers and there's unethical suppliers. Think just about any product you get, you know, our, our t-shirts <laughs> Made or Nike shoes you know, are made in mm. you know, factories that aren't really super humane and employ not that great, not that great practices to their employers uh, employees in some instances, d- depending on what product it is. And so, I think that same could be true for anything. But my kids will be very happy to hear that when they see their mom biting into some dark, dark chocolate, <laughs> she's doing so with a pure heart.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> because yep.
0: that, that's that's good stuff. Okay. So you really sort of put it all out there to take over this business that was already existing in mm-hmm. in Colorado and make it your own. And I'm curious to know how in this past year, I loved speaking with people, especially people we've spoken to before, because this past year has caused so many changes in everybody's lives personally and professionally. So I love hearing how you know what? How is your business different today than it was a week before all the COVID insanity hit?
1: Yeah. So um, in twenty nineteen, um, we had our, our business was kind of broken up into wholesale at um, fifty to sixty percent, and then maybe thirty ish percent um, hotel amenities, and then the rest of it was retail and, and things like that. What um, do you
0: mean, like hotel amenities?
1: So we have some hotels here locally in Colorado that all robe chocolate cream cookies for. I'll make little chocolate solids, and okay. they it's like a a turn down service. So, okay. um, so the hotels just stopped in um, late February, March last year. Um, in 2020, we lost 40 to 45 percent of our revenue. Um, wow but there's a silver lining. Um, it, it gave me time. Um, we talked before we got on uh, about forced adaptation. and, And so there was really an opportunity in that. It made me do things that I should have been doing anyway. So we, I invested a lot into our website and getting more professional pictures taken and advertising on Google, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, and trying to grow the business that way and just to keep income. And that's really a good thing for us because going back to wholesale, if I sell a chocolate bar to Whole Foods, I sell it to them for, I don't know, 4 or $5. When I sell it online, I get full retail price. So I get 8 to $10. Um, so the, the trick is, you know, how do I build volume on the internet? Um, And maintain those, those good wholesale accounts where we want to be like Whole Foods and places like that.
0: Yeah. So I've seen your social media posts, uh, kind of change over the past months and I've loved it, but I'm like, I'm always like, damn, Brandon, that looks so, every time you post something, I'm like, Oh my God, that looks so amazing. (laughs) looks so amazing. So, and that is on lift chocolates on Instagram. I would encourage everybody. Well, that's one of the places, but if you're an Instagram user, dude, hop onto lift chocolates Instagram page and just just like take some time to enjoy the experience of looking at the pictures and then go <laughs> and order some stuff. But how did you, you went through that process? You know, a lot of people are trying to find their place on social media or figure out even where to get started and all that. How did you get started with your social media presence that you've been building up?
1: Um, so my commanding officer has a, A brother who has a very successful gluten-free organic, um, no soy, no dairy bread business. Um, and it's like growing exponentially down in North Carolina. Um, so my, my boss, um, put me on a phone call with his brother and he was telling me about his, about advertising on Facebook and on Instagram. And I was like, okay, I guess I need to take this seriously. So I started taking pictures, um, Noticed that they were mostly bad, but then I started getting a little bit better (laughs) at it and like learning how to use filters. And um, this is you taking these pictures? It is. Yeah. Wow. Um, So I'm getting a little bit better at it. um, But recently, like the, the next step is we went from really bad pictures sporadically posted with really bad content to better pictures, mediocre content. And luckily my wife is a marketing strategist and she's been helping me with this too. So she said, now you got to go to the next level. Now that you understand how to take a picture, let's aim the picture to the audience that, you know, you want to buy your product or you want to follow you or whatever. So we're trying to do more lifestyle shots, um, that appeal to 25 to 55 year old, um, wealthier individuals who are going to buy more expensive chocolate. Um, and so I'm trying to not take as many just shots in my kitchen, um, and do a little bit better of a job with lifestyle settings and things like that.
0: Have you seen the hotel business orders pick back up lately? Is that happening out near you?
1: Yes. Um, they're, they're starting to, so we have a couple of big accounts, and they've both placed, um, kind of some initial orders. I, I think they're going to be sporadic for a while until everybody either is comfortable tra- traveling or gets vaccinated or whatever is going to, going to change this. So, but yes, whatever we have going. got, we have gotten a couple of orders. So that's good.
0: Do you get orders from hotels from outside the state?
1: No, no, Every Everything. All, the whole the hotel class is all internal in Colorado. So
0: is that intentional, or are you open to outside states? oh, i'm
1: I'm open to outside. um i th- I think the reason those hotels like to do business with us, they like to showcase a local business and also they place big enough orders that they don't have to pay for shipping. Like I deliver it personally or do things like that, and it saves right. them some money on, you know, postage so
0: yeah well that adds up and especially when you're trying to climb out of this yeah. freaking hole that we all just kind of went poop right into for yeah. a little bit yeah so what is the plan for the next say this is the six months as we start to to come out of this a little and do you have a plan if there is another like, lockdown if they t- if everything is shut down, which seems crazy that that would even happen. Like, would you guys go with the lockdown or would you just say, we're, we're, you're not shutting us down again.
1: Yeah. I went to work every day. Um, so last year in April, I think me and one other employee, she was working very part time. I was there every day. Um, I'll continue to go. And, um, I, I, think if, you know, if it continues, uh, I think I'm glad that we've made the pivot to online sales and I'll just keep trying to grow that, uh, luckily, you know, the grocery stores haven't totally tanked either. Like they they're doing better. Um, I haven't gone on Amazon yet, but I'm, I'm considering it. Um, we do some business with some, um, smaller independent boutiques that don't want to have products that are on Amazon. So that's kind of a, a decision point. Um, yeah, we'll, 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 try and keep momentum on the, the internet. And now we're really kind of set up to do business that way. Um, and we're getting better at it. So
0: what are some things you had to put in place to fulfill the online orders that maybe you didn't have prior to this?
1: I had, I didn't have good photography for the website. It didn't function real well. Um, we had to put, you have to learn what people will pay for shipping. Um, And then we had a lot of problems with um, the postal service and UPS when we were transitioning. And finally, I settled on FedEx. And even though it's a little bit more expensive, I have an account where I get lots of discounts and the product always gets there in time and it's in good shape when it gets there. So uh, reputation is more important to me than saving uh, a little bit on, on shipping. Um, so we have the website fully set up with almost all of our products. We'll add ones and twos and maybe take some things off, but, um, we're set up. We also had another good thing happen, um, late November, early December last year, we had one of our popular products, these uh, little penguins that we do for Christmas went on, went on food network and, we weren't prepared for the volume that came from that. Um, so we went from, you know, five or six internet orders a day to like 30 to 40. Um, and so I'll, I'll be more prepared for that this year and for a busy holiday season. Um, so how did
0: you get a, How did that happen? How did that come about that those this little penguins? and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> how did that happen that they hopped onto a food network?
1: So uh we use we use a PR firm. Um and I used to think that a lot of this stuff happens organically and maybe some of it does um but really there's a way into these things. So our PR firm set us up with um this Food Network spot on like 10 great holiday gifts or something like that. We were on there again um right before Easter they took had our Easter bunnies featured on their page um, mm-hmm. and then uh, in the last day or so we were on Buzzfeed with some stuff for mother's day. So, um, the, the PR, it, it certainly helps for exposure.
0: Yeah. What would you say to someone who's like, Brandon, I hear you. Like I get that PR hiring somebody is important, but we don't have the money for it. Or I did pay someone for PR and they did nothing for me. I got nothing out of it.
1: I, I, I think I would advise that you're at a decision point. Um, you can, try and do it yourself on advertising on Google and, you know, search engine optimization and um, Facebook and wherever else. So you can spend money there and try and figure it out on your own. Or if you hire a decent company, um, they'll do it for you. The other good thing about it, if there is a good thing about COVID, I think everybody's more understanding too. So I, signed on with the PR firm that we work with at a certain dollar amount um I have a really seasonal business and I told them I said I can do this for a, a few months but then like I'm my cash flow is going to drop substantially and I won't be able to to do the same amount so they've been you know willing to work with me on things like that and I I think everybody's you know more flexible now than they would have been a couple of years ago
0: Are you looking at ways to do you want to stay a seasonal business or are you looking at ways to maintain that flow through the, through the entire year?
1: I would love to solve that problem. Um, I think all of the big chocolate companies would love to solve that problem too. It's by its nature, it's just seasonal. And okay. like, so even the Mars Hershey's I, they deal with it too. Um, one of the big issues is shipping during the summer. So, if I'm going to ship something to to you in New York and it's 95 degrees and totally humid, I've kind of got overnight shipping with ice packs available to me, um, to get it there intact. Yeah. And that's going to cost probably more than the chocolate product itself. So it's really hard to ship during the summer. Um, uh, and many times it's, it's almost not worth it. Um, like I, I sent several things to Texas and Florida last summer and, It was like two day in styrofoam in ice packs and it arrived in a pool. Um,
0: Oh no. So what happens (laughs) then is the customer like lift chocolate. I want my money back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, if, if it, if somebody bought something, I would reimburse it or figure out a way to get it to them intact. Um, some of these were like Instagram influencers and we just decided, okay, this isn't working. Let's try this in the fall. Um, so, we, okay. we do a lot of like products for posts, things like that with foodies. Um, and that's yeah. a good way to advertise too.
0: It is. It is. So, your thoughts on anybody who is in the situation now where their business has taken maybe a nosedive or they understand that they're going to have to figure out a new way to adjust because of COVID? You know, a lot of people have figured something out or at least making efforts now or have stood back up and are making this venture, or that venture, maybe some of them have fallen a little and are ready to give up and are frustrated, or maybe some are still stuck in the just like deer in the headlights. I have no idea what to do. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm sort of frozen on the spot right now. What are some words of advice or insight you can offer to people who are struggling with maybe just overwhelmed? feelings or just the inertia of not knowing how to adapt and wondering if it's worth it?
1: So there's a lot, I guess I would say that there's a lot of, um, cheap financing out there right now. And even if you're adverse to, you know, taking it, go ahead and take it, like get through this. I have a feeling I have uh, someone I work with who, who believes that once we get past this, that this is going to be the roaring twenties when we come out of it because everybody's going to just going to want to light their hair on fire. Um, so, uh, I I guess I'm optimistic that we are going to get out of it. Um, I think the world's going to be different for sure. I don't, I I think masks are probably going to be around for a while and, um, some other practices like that, but I think it's going to get better. Um, I would take the financing, um, and just like, you got to force yourself to make a, an uncomfortable change. You just have to do it. So, and like I'm in business today and then wake up and I'm in business again today and then wake up another day and I'm still in business. Okay. I'm okay.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. How is that? Is that, did that reach back into your home and your family life? Were you in that situation where you're like, uh, did you ever have that moment? I have to provide for my family? What am I going to do? Is that something that helped drive you forward that determination to say, I'm not going to let my family not be provided for during this.
1: So luckily I, I have some flexibility that um, maybe a lot of other people don't have. Um, Jacqueline works too, and she um, does pretty well. So we were able to, you know, get through it as a family pretty well. Um, I was, really worried about my business, um, uh, and worried about my employees and what are they going to do if I can't. So I also try and try and always keep that in mind that this is someone else's job too. Um, I have the, the value that we provide the customers, this, this chocolate thing, you know, it's a livelihood for these people that work for me and I need to, I need to make sure that, you know, they have a job tomorrow. So uh, I got to flex.
0: Yeah, that is a lot of pressure. We just uh, spoke with somebody last week, Larry Broughton, and we're dropping his interview soon here on Snippets. He's a hotelier. He's former Special Forces, and he's a hotelier, and he has all these hotels. and He had to sell two of them, and he had a layoff, he had a furlough, and layoff so many people on his staff, and you can see he was very emotional, just like you know where you t- where you're just talking about having to worry about those people that are depending on you like what a terrible thing that would be to have to, to have to say to them, I'm,
1: like, I'm sorry. Yeah. you know.
0: Yeah. So, and you can see that's a weight that you carry well, but they all made, you made it through intact without having to let anyone go.
1: So I, I had to keep everybody out of work for a while when the, um, when the pandemic started, um, that lasted for about a month. And then I was able to start bringing people back. Um, I didn't cut any wages or salary or anything like that. Um, and just tried to bring in as much work as I could. Um, not super worried about the the bottom line, just like, let's break even, or let's just keep going forward, um, and kind of get out of this together. And, uh, it's, it's worth the summer is kind of our slow time anyway. So I'm kind of entering that period again. Um, like right now I've already worked on Halloween, fall and Christmas cell sheets, and we're starting to produce those things. Um, but the, the summer is naturally slower for us. So got to try and find some stuff there too.
0: Yeah, I think you'll do it, Brandon. I love that you have just found your way and you just continue moving forward. You know, just losing—if you had stopped for a minute, that momentum would all sort of catch up and just stop with you, and then you'd have to start from behind, even. So, you know, the power of just moving forward.
1: Absolutely, no, I, I agree. Take the next step. Um, just wake up and do it again. And uh, I don't know, you'll—you're okay. Keep going.
0: Yeah, right. And you know, and I think chocolate is something too that it doesn't matter how bad people are. Some it's a comfort food, and it's a it's, a, it's a it lifts you up, and it does bring joy. So I feel like that's something that people are gonna be like, you know, we couldn't go out to eat, we couldn't go to the movies, we couldn't go on vacation, we can't do all these things. I'm gonna buy myself some freaking chocolate, and I'm gonna <laughs> just treat myself to it, or just put a smile on someone else's face. I feel like chocolate. And especially your chocolate is like a work of the last box I got, I pirated from my kids. Like, I held on I'm like, don't tell. He's like, oh, we got chocolate, everyone. I was like, put that away. And I, I actually just grabbed it and hit it. I'm like, no, this is too pretty. They're not going to just shove it in their mouths and they like, give the kids some M&Ms for them. They, <laughs> you know? But if they're not going to appreciate it. You know, they don't get it. Uh, and he laughed at me. And they all kind of laughed. And then I took it out because I felt bad. But, um, you know, I think that's something that people are going to just always want. And they'll never... It'll never go out of style, you know, and, yeah. and it's something that people are going to continue to purchase where they may not always purchase the other things that, you know, they may not go out to dinner because this is yep. closed or someone's sick or the car breaks down whatever, but you could just order some chocolate and bring it right home and just,
1: yeah, it's a, it's a nice gift way. and it is a yeah. absolutely a comfort food and makes you smile. So.
0: It does. It does. Brandon, thank you for coming back on today. And thank you for being one of our steadfast supporters. Brandon, for those of you who don't know, just jumped forward and joined in with us on this event, which we've had to put back in time twice now because of COVID. And we're just about to announce our new dates. Brandon will be there as one of our premier featured um, supporters, and you'll get to meet him there in person when you come. We'll be sharing more about that event in person, but we're going to be bringing Lift Chocolate to the forefront at that event and allowing you all to meet him you know, in person and get his product in person because we really appreciate the people. A, we love chocolate, and B, we appreciate the people who support us, and that says a lot to us, Brandon. So thank you very much, and thanks for taking the time to come back on American Snippets today.
1: Absolutely, Barb. Thank you for uh, for having me on. Um, I, I appreciate it so much. All right, everyone. There you have it. That
2: wraps up another episode of the American Sippers Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you got any value out of today's show, please share this podcast with a friend. Share it on social media. Let people know what we're doing here. If you believe in the message and the mission and everything that we do here at American Snippets, you support our guests, please leave us a five-star written review on iTunes. iTunes reviews are really important in helping us grow our uh, audience and get up there higher in the podcast ranking. So we would appreciate your support. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Brandon Bush. Uh, again, frankly, <laughs> Brandon and Lift Chocolate. Without a doubt, make some of the best chocolates that you'll ever have. I am a huge fan of chocolate. I love it. And, you know, Brandon and everyone that works there uh, at Lift Chocolate, they are true artists. Barb and I are big fans, and I know that you'll be a big fan as well. So support a veteran-owned business. Go to liftchocolate.com today. Uh, and also, don't forget, you can check out the show notes of this podcast by going to sippetscom forward slash newsletter. Uh, check out the show notes of the episode with Brandon Bush. We'll include some links there that you can follow them on social. And again, a link to the website, Uh Don't forget, we have our Great American Syndicate, Uh, I've mentioned this many times on the show. This is our community, our networking community of patriotic Americans just like you who believe in personal responsibility, individual liberty, the American dream, faith, giving back, and we want to see you inside. We're looking to grow this community. We need your help. We need patriots like you inside contributing, sharing their voice. Go to greatamericansyndicate.com to learn more, and we will see you on the inside. Again, we appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are.